Binance is the world's largest crypto exchange. It was founded in China in 2017, just three years ago, but quickly came to capture a huge share of the international crypto market. It's not the biggest exchange in South Africa, but it is in South Africa. And Brenton Nika, who is the country manager for Binance, plans to change that. First of all, Brenton, welcome to MoneyWeb Crypto. How are you? So, Karen, thank you uh, so much for having me today. And I'm really excited to spread the word about Binance, so to speak, with the, the MoneyWeb audience. I think um, being a lot more financially literate than the audience we generally speak to, they'll probably appreciate a lot of the products we have to offer. All right. I just want to get into Binance itself. It's quite an interesting story. Forbes in 2018 ran a story and it was called From Zero to Crypto Billionaire. And of course, that's the story of the founder of Binance, who's Zhang Peng Zhao. Tell us a little bit about the background there and how did it start? Yeah. So um, our commander in chief, who's uh, quite affectionately known in the crypto sector as CZ, he had previously had a background in, in high frequency trading for um, working at, at a lot of the investment banks that I think a lot of our listeners will, will definitely ring a bell with. And after moving from that high frequency trading space, you know, developing um, high frequency matching engines and, and complex things of that nature, like many of us, he discovered cryptocurrency and completely went down the rabbit hole. And that the previous experience, as well as that passion for crypto, sort of led in 2017 to the development of what we know today as the Binance Exchange. And in fact, the, the fundraising model for that is quite interesting. So I know a lot of people who would have been in the space from about 2017, slightly earlier, will remember uh, a new sort of uh, fundraising model that emerged within the market right. called the Initial Coin Offering or an ICO, as, as you know, we sort of colloquially know it. And CZ and Binance were actually ran an ICO in 2017 to be able to build and launch what we know today as Binance Exchange. And unfortunately, you know, many of the projects that were launched at that stage weren't as successful as they could have been. But Binance is just one of those absolutely amazing stories. Uh, so just to give your users insights, I mean, people always love to know about the returns in crypto. The Binance coin, so uh, BNB is the ticker symbol, was actually launched at around 30 cents in order to raise funds to build this exchange. And if we look at the price today, it, it's gone from about 30 US cents to 30 US dollars wow. in the period of three years. Okay, so that's a decent profit. Oh, fairly, fairly decent. Uh, I mean, I'd be happy with it. Yeah, so 30 cents, what is that? That's 100 times. You've made 100 times. That's 100 money. times, exactly. Yeah. 100 times in your money. Okay, I mean, it, it, it is an interesting story. What was it that was it the timing of the launch of Binance in 2017 when crypto was really beginning to take over and China just jumped in boots and all into this and that's how it grew? Is, how do you explain that? I mean, it's bigger than any US exchange. It's bigger than Coinbase. It's bigger than Kraken. How do you explain it? Absolutely. So I think it, it's really no secret that um, although we all really believe in you know, the, the use cases and core principles of cryptocurrency. In the short term, a lot of people's focus is on trading and, and sort of, um, you know, being able to generate a return for themselves from this asset class. So what Binance capitalized on perfectly is there was an element of timing, just like you said, but they really focused and dialed down on providing the best possible trading product um, that is available on the market. So 
while everybody else was really, you know, focused on things like the hype, um, it's, it's quite well known, in fact, that our CEO, CZ, um, he's always endorsed keeping your head down, ignoring price and just building world class products. And I think he lived up to exactly that. And that is the core reason for Binance's success is they've built products that really serve users um, in a way that they want to be served. And we're very intuitive with what users want. So like I said, we've got a myriad of products from spot to futures. Um, we've even got options for more sophisticated investors. So I think providing users exactly what they want is what has led to our sort of monumental success over the last three years. All right. So in South Africa, Binance is a crypto to crypto exchange. Now, for people who don't know what that means, that means you already have to own crypto before you can buy and sell on your exchange, right? So you don't actually have a fiat on-ramp. You can't deposit rands into your account and convert that into into Bitcoin. Is that an impediment to growth? So at present, we do have certain fiat on-ramps that will allow South African users to sort of just seamlessly enter the market. So at present, we have what's called peer-to-peer, which is really so simple to use. You literally just go and look for an ad for somebody selling cryptocurrency be it Bitcoin or Ethereum, and you send them some money and Binance releases the cryptocurrency to you. It's, it's akin to online shopping. And our second fiat on-ramp is actually our Visa and MasterCard channel. So any Visa or MasterCard, be it a debit or credit card, you can utilize to purchase, I think we have over eight cryptocurrencies on offer. Sorry, I had that wrong. So you do have a fiat on-ramp. Yeah, so we've got two fiat on-ramps at the moment. And in the very near future, we will be be adding those bank deposits as well. Okay, tell us a little bit about your clients. What's the growth been like over the last year? Has there been a lot of adoption? It seems all the exchanges in South Africa, they're happy. They're going to have themselves a great Christmas. How about you? On a personal note, I've been in crypto for quite a while. So I'm definitely going to have quite a good Christmas. Um, But I think from a a Binance in Africa perspective, the type of growth we've seen this year has just been exceptional. I mean, you know, we're we're talking in terms of of excess. So we've grown in multiples over this year. And the main reason being is that we've really focused on educating the entire African market about what is this value proposition of this crypto thing? And how do you use these platforms? Because I think it's quite evident in Africa, the learning curves in terms of financial literacy is a little bit longer, more complex than it is in a lot of other markets. And, you know, we've introduced things like our masterclass. So our last masterclass in Africa, um, we brought together some experts from across Africa and we actually managed to educate close to 12,000 people across Africa about You know, how do you trade? How do you use Binance? What is a cryptocurrency? So I think a lot of it has to do with, um, you know, our focus on education and products. And, 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 you know, I think there may be an element of the market that was on our side as well. Um, But, yeah, we've seen significant growth um, in particular regions in Africa. And we are definitely looking at expanding that throughout 2021 and 2022. What about the uptake in Africa itself? The stories coming out of Africa that the adoption rate is massive this year because people are losing faith in their own domestic currencies. What's your experience in Africa outside of South Africa? So particularly, um, you know, not to get into any specifics, but there are certain countries, um, you know, like the Turkish lira, for example, there are certain currencies that, that 
tend to devalue or depreciate. And certain people find more of a use case for cryptocurrency than others. So I think you're 100 percent correct in that assumption. Whereas in a lot of markets, crypto assets are viewed as a, a sort of niche or exotic asset that where you're just looking for yield. Whereas in certain African countries, um, because of the, the dysfunctions and devaluations that occur with their fiat currencies, um, crypto is actually a an alternative for them in terms of their daily spending, their daily savings. And I think that's definitely one of the contributing factors to why the uptake has been so much more aggressive in Africa relative to you know a lot of those first world type countries. All right. Talk about your clients. Are they traders for the main part? Are they people who are first timers who are looking to sort of build up a portfolio of cryptos? Describe them. Perfect. So I think what finance does really well, like that I alluded to before, is we make sure that we create products for, for every sort of niche. So um, I don't know if many of your users are Binance users, and they would have seen recently that we released a new version in the app called the Binance Lite version, which is basically for your absolute first time user. It's a very simple experience. Um, you know, we don't sort of bombard you with all these derivative products, etc. And then Going to the more complex side, we have a lot of users who exhibit a lot more institutional type behavior in the sense that they hedge risk on certain trades using our options markets. They use our leverage products to be able to amplify their returns. So I think within Africa specifically, we really, because we have so many products, we really do have a, a myriad of different customer types. So what we do see at present is the people that are in crypto generally over time tend to get much more in crypto. So, I mean, that, that, that's always a, a good user behavior when you're the one running the business. All right. Are, are you seeing, for example, years ago, Forex, that was the big thing for traders. Uh, but there's been a bit of a jumping ship there because crypto has got far more volatility, which is what traders are looking for. They love volatility. Are you seeing that as being a big driver of your business? Absolutely, absolutely. So, I mean, it's no secret that I think throughout, throughout 2017, 2018, particularly here in South Africa, you know, everybody and their uncle and their aunt was a Forex trader. And obviously, this is because, you know, people were searching for different streams of income, different ways to earn a living or an additional living. And I think as people have become more affair with what crypto is, exactly like you said, they're realizing that these markets are a lot easier to trade. They're open 24-7. You can literally begin trading from 100 rand. So the barriers to entry in this market are a lot lower. The people you're competing for the most part are not your you know, high-frequency traders and institutional investors that are present in the Forex market. And like you said, there's just as much volatility, if not more. So for your average trader, crypto really does presents a better trading opportunity. And as people have started to sort of realize this and, you know, the 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 flip has, has switched, um, we've seen a mass sort of exodus of those previous Forex traders coming into Binance futures, for example. What's the biggest part of your trade, your business? Is it the future side, the option side? Is it the more technical kind of trader? Or is it the person who's just looking to buy crypto and hold it? So I think in terms of user activity, it's definitely um, a lot of the, the more investment type activity. So people will tend to come on and use the platform to you know, acquire whatever cryptos they'd like. Although we have a, I'd say a smaller contingent of the very, very active traders, 
they are, like I mentioned, quite active. So the the majority of our user base are quite passive um, in their behavior, but the the small percentage that is active is very very active in terms of um, options, futures trading, um, using our leverage tokens. But the average user is 100% correct. Just your your average sort of buy and hold. Um, you know, maybe when something new happens in the market, log in and, and purchase this new asset. Um, so that is the typical sort of user behavior that we see. How did you come to Binance? You have a background in crypto, you said. Just describe that. Yeah, so um, I, I actually had quite a, a interesting foray into the crypto sector. So I think similar to a couple of my counterparts in, in South Africa specifically is Growing up, you know, I studied quantitative finance, economics, and I was set on a, a Wall Street type investment banking career. And then, you know, out of the, the side of my ear, I started hearing about this Bitcoin thing that was really, you know, generating crazy returns. And I think as the story goes for, for most people, this was about 2017. Once I really started to understand the value proposition of this blockchain and Bitcoin thing, I completely went down the rabbit hole. So after, you know, completely leaving the traditional finance world, I was quite privileged to work with a very large software development company as the head of fintech projects there. After that, I started my own consultancy where we pretty much serve as high net worth individuals, family offices, because the truth of the matter is, although you can log into a platform and go make an investment on the 31st of every month, for example, a lot of investors who are akin to, you know, or, or accustomed to their, their pension products or, you know, investment vehicles like that are used to a lot more personalized and bespoke experience. So that was where I was before Binance. I founded that company with a friend of mine who's currently an actor in New York. And after that, hopefully, because I did quite well, I, yeah, I, I, Binance reached out to me and I took over operations here. Okay, what is the future? When you talk in crypto terms, of course, you know, the future is like the next two weeks. It's not the next five years. So <laughs> tell us what, what is the, what's in the pipeline there from Binance in the early part of 2021? So um, literally, as, as many Binance users will know, I think um, the product team moves so rapidly that at times it's even hard for us to keep up. So we are going to continue, you know, developing the best products in the market in terms of optimizing our futures markets, our options offerings. But in specific African terms, our real core focus in, in 2021 is going to be on education. So I, I think, you know, I'd, I'd like to say uh, we've got the product down, uh, the product side down to a fine art. But now it's really about getting the uptake on those products and educating users on how to effectively use those products. So I think in 2021, we've got a very big focus on education and um, that will manifest itself across Africa in terms of physical events, online events, workshops. Um, and I think that's the first step in, in you know, improving the user experience is the product is up to scratch, but making sure we get the users to where they need to be. Do you see 2021 as being the year of the crypto? You know what? I think as a crypto pundit, we'd like to say that every year. Mm. But just from my own personal opinion and analysis, I mean, um, back in 2017, when we saw these exorbitant runs up in price, there was no institutional involvement. There was no, you know, regulatory clarity from a lot of the global bodies. There, there was no provable valuation models, you know, like we have today with things like the stock to flow model, which values Bitcoin scarcity. So I think that it should be the year of crypto, 
because all the signs point to um, significant value appreciation. But over and above purely just the value appreciation, I think the number of companies building in the space and with interest in the space. I mean, the fact that a, a listed U.S. company has allocated its entire treasury strategy to Bitcoin is just exceptional. You're talking there about yeah, micro strategy. Absolutely. Michael Saylor um, at, at micro strategy. It's, it's been unbelievable seeing the, the follow through. In fact, I think I read yesterday that um, Guggenheim, which is a, another massive asset manager, um, you know, with billions in, in assets under management, has now applied to increase their, their threshold allocation um, that their fund can put into Bitcoin. And as the months progress and we see this sort of ripple effect spread out from these tier one asset managers, if you want to call them that, the, the likes of your BlackRocks, JP Morgans, Fidelities, um, ripple out into your more traditional sphere. Um, I mean, just to give you an example, um, the the alternatives market, if, if Bitcoin could just capture 5% of the alternative investment market, that's roughly about $670 billion of value, um, which trumps the entire market cap at the moment. So the opportunity and scale for growth is definitely there. But I do think that it will depend a lot on the the regulatory side and the product development side and whether it really becomes the year of crypto. Brenton, I take it you're in favor of the regulations that have been proposed by the FSCA where these products like Bitcoin are going to fall under the Financial Advisory and Intermediary Services Act. So they're going to be considered financial products. They're going to be regulated. You think this is a good thing and it's going to help wider adoption? I Absolutely. So I must say that um, I was really privileged to be a part of the initial discussions with the Crypto Asset Regulatory Working Group and the IFWG. And seeing this come into, to a, well, hopefully soon into implementation is, is something that we massively support, um, as well as, uh, you know, most of the other players in the industry. Because unfortunately, here in South Africa, um, which isn't unique to crypto. I mean, like I said, the 2017, 2018, um, when Forex was all the hype, we, we saw the same sort of activity carrying on in that space. But there are a lot of bad actors within the African and South African context within crypto. And I think protecting retail investors is the retail and institutional investors is the FSCA's sort of core mandate. And us as existing players in the space, I mean, to be quite honest with you, we've self-regulated, you know, even before IFWG came about in terms of we've had such stringent KYC, AML policies and the rest of it that um, there are no legitimate players who are really against the upcoming regulation. So we're very excited to see it come into play. I think it adds a, a lot of legitimacy, one, to the market. And, you know, now the likes of your institutional players in South Africa can start looking at perhaps making an allocation to the class. And two, it, it really stops these bad actors, hopefully, in their tracks because it, it is causing, you know, severe reputational damage to the crypto sector at large. So we are very, very for the regulation and we're looking forward to seeing it come into play. Where does South Africa sit in terms of the crypto curve? If we look at this as a J-curve, which I'm sure you probably would agree with, we're somewhere on that J-curve. It's about to take off. It's about to explode. It's about to flatline. Where are we? So I, I think it, it, this is a quite an interesting question because depending on who you speak to, um, you get quite a few differing opinions. But um, from, from my own personal perspective, I think we are so early in the curve 
that we cannot even conceptualize where we are. So the way I really like to to place it um, in context is, you know, the internet as we know it today, um, well, not as we know it today, but in, in its final form was ready in about the 1980s, right? But until Netscape came about with a, a beautiful user experience that allowed people to engage with it properly, it never really took off. So I think that all of those sort of moments have still yet to come within the crypto sector, that sort of aha moments where there's a product that's just sort of ubiquitous across the world and just globally adopted. So I think there we are very, very early in that curve. But with a specific South African context, the interest here is just, it, it just amazes me. So if you go and look at the Google Trends data, South Africa is usually in the top five, if not the top three in the world, um, in terms of search searches um, relating to the term Bitcoin, which which I think is absolutely amazing. Um, if you look at other reports like the, the Hootsuite Digital 2020 report, South Africa actually has some of the highest ownership rates of cryptocurrencies in the world. So I think here in South Africa, it's just about getting a little bit of clarity in place and then allowing us to run. And I really think that um, in, in respect of that, we are very, very early in the curve. And the types of business models and innovations that can be built going forward um, it, it's just we haven't even begun to conceptualize it yet. All right, Brenton, we'll leave it at that. That was Brenton Nyker, who is the country manager for Binance.